Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast, presented by SeatGeek. You'll hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and writers that cover the NFL on a daily basis. The New Orleans Saints podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Aaron Summers. Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast. I'm Aaron Summers. The Saints are wrapping up their week of preparation for the Seattle Seahawks Sunday, and we have a big episode for you today. Fox play-by-play announcer and voice of Madden, Brandon Godden joins me to talk about the matchup and what it takes to actually call video games. Then we bring in New Orleans' own Tarzan Davis, who is a very passionate Saints fan and is making it big in Hollywood, most recently as Coyote in Top Gun Maverick. Let's kick things off with Brandon. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. We look forward to having you here this weekend on the call of our game on Fox. How are you? I'm doing great. I was actually there at the end of the season last year for the Carolina game when you guys were still sort of hoping to get in the playoff mix. So always good to get back to the Big Easy. What do you enjoy about covering games in the Superdome? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, I just love the city. I mean, it's so cool. Everyone's going to say the beignets, right? It's it's got the best food scene. Right. I just think the French Quarter, I, traveling all over the country, it is one of the coolest, my most favorite spots. And so anytime I get assigned a game there, which unfortunately is not too frequently, but it, it's always something that brings a smile to my face. And, and the, the Superdome is just a great atmosphere. I mean, obviously, uh, it, it's one of the loudest venues that I've been in when it's packed and it gets going with that noise with nowhere to go. It, it can kind of put goosebumps on your skin. So always excited to get back there. I think the team, the fan base is excited to have a couple home games ahead of us, you know, kind of had the quote unquote home game in London doesn't really count, but um, <laughs> it's good to be back here for the next two weeks. And I think the team is, is really trying to sort some things out and get some wins here while they're at home. When you look at this game and this team, what are some of the things that have stood out to you so far? Well, first of all, the injuries have just been an issue. I mean, you look at last week, not only everyone loves playing in London, but look, if you are the designated the home team, you essentially lose a home game that mm-hmm. year. That's tough. Uh, but then you do that and you're without your quarterback, your running back, you know, one of your offensive linemen and a star wide receiver that that's tough to overcome. So I think need to get those guys back healthy. Uh, and it looks like Alvin Kamara is trending that way, obviously. And you know, just as well as I do, not sure on Jameis or Michael Thomas. Um, but if you get those guys back healthy, this, this is a powerful offense and it can be a powerful offense. I do think it is a luxury to have a guy like Andy Dalton as the backup. If you look across the leagues, uh, the league at a lot of the backups, some of them don't have starting experience or very limited starting experience. Obviously, Andy Dalton, nine years as a starter in Cincinnati. And so even though he's older, someone who's been through those battles and those wars, if Jameis can't play for a few more weeks or, you know, God forbid, if, it, if this becomes a longer injury like last year, I, I do think if you get Kamara and Thomas back, having Dalton there, this is, this is still a potent offense. But the other thing that they, Aaron, that they need to clean up are the penalties and the turnovers. I mean, minus seven turnover margin through four games, obviously not good, bottom of the league. So you got, in particular, they've got to stop fumbling the football. That's a fixable mistake, and penalties are a fixable mistake. You know, if it was just a case of not having the horses or the players mm-hmm. uh, or just being out-talented, for lack of a better way to put it, that's one thing. But but when you're fumbling the ball and, and you're having penalties, those, those are fixable issues. And if they can get those turned around, I think this is, this is a good team. 
it's definitely been the point of focus this week, the week before. This is something they've been talking about for a little while, cleaning up the mistakes, stop shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, Alvin Kamara said on Wednesday that they don't think that they've beaten or they've been beaten, that they've beaten themselves every game. And I think that that's tough, but it's a good thing to know that you have the capability to win all of those games if you just put it together. It's an early point in the season still and a lot of time left. When you look at what's ahead, how much do you think a team can continue to build and gain as the season goes on? Yeah, I mean, I think you also have to realize we've added another week to the season and you're only four games and people tend to really jump on or off bandwagons for the first five or six weeks of the season. And I always tell people, just calm down. I understand that it would be better to be three and one than one and three. And, and I do understand that if you're a Saints fan right now, certainly like we talked about, you see some red flags, but the, I, I wouldn't panic. If you look at what's coming up, there's some winnable games on the schedule. You've got Seattle at home this week. Seattle's two and two, but this is a defense that's been very vulnerable near the bottom of the league in yards given up. Now their offense has looked good, although people wonder, you know, how sustainable is the success of their quarterback, Geno Smith? He's looked amazing replacing Russell Wilson, uh, but historically in his career, he's had some issues. So is this just kind of a, a flash in the pan or are they a long-term success? But my point in saying that is winnable games start this week. You're at home against a Seattle team that I think is good and certainly dangerous offensively, but can be exploited defensively. So I think this is a huge game because to me, when you hit week five, there's a big difference between one and four and two and three. It just, it feels a lot different to look at your record and already be one and four. And you're like, oh no, we're three games below 500 versus being one game below 500. So uh, look, uh, again, I don't, I, I don't read too much into early season stuff, but if you're looking at a week five measuring stick, then this is a pretty big game for the Saints because to fall to one and four, I think that would be a tough hole to, to climb out of. You mentioned a little bit about the Seahawks and their last game playing the Lions, 48-45, the highest point total in the NFL so far this season, 555 yards of offense. Geno Smith did look great, but they are having to score that many points, as you alluded to, because the defense is allowing a lot of points. How do you think the Saints can take advantage of, of some of the areas that the Seahawks may be lacking? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's through the air and it's on the ground because they've had trouble stopping both the run and the pass. That's why I think getting Alvin Kamara back is so mm -hmm. key. Michael Thomas is key, but I think what we've seen is Chris Olave is emerging already as a star receiver in this league. Olave, uh, whether Michael Thomas is there or not, this could be a big game. Uh, but, I, but I think for Kamara in particular, just getting him back and healthy is going to be really key. Uh, you know, with Latavius Murray... Uh, not in the mix anymore. I, I just think it changes things for the running back position when Alvin's out there. And, and he's such a dual threat guy, right? He's as good of a running back as there is in the league with both running it and catching it. Uh, and against a struggling defense like this, that can be a key component because the more weapons that you can throw at a, at a defense right now that has a new defensive coordinator that changed their scheme from a 4-3 to a 3-4, the more things you can throw at them, uh, probably the more confusion and chaos they're going to have on that side. So if you can get a back like Kamara in there that can not only run 
run it, but also catch it. It's just another thing that they have to account for. Um, but but that's, I would say, the big area where they can exploit this defense. Um, and and I, I just, the offensive lines to me is also intriguing right now. You know, I'm curious to see how that offensive line continues to progress for the Saints uh, because it's a defensive line for Seattle that has not been able to get a ton of push or cause a lot of havoc this so far this year. So kind of watch that battle in the trenches, especially early in the first quarter, early second quarter, and see who is establishing the line of scrimmage. If the Saints are able to get some push, uh, could be a long day for the Seahawks defense. Speaking of starting early, the Saints have only scored 17 points in the first half <laughs> total throughout these first four yeah. games. How important is it for the team to kind of get rolling a little bit earlier just to find their rhythm earlier in this game? Yeah, when things like that happen for one game, two games, you, you think, okay, maybe this is not an issue. But if it starts stacking up five, six straight weeks, then I think it actually gets in players' heads right. because the media is asking them about it constantly. Coaches get tired of talking about it. And then you start to press. And even though these guys are professionals and they get hounded by the media all the time about various things, when team-wide issues start to linger a month or two months, that's when I think teams start to press and it can really become a thing. And, and again, this is the perfect opportunity to fix that because you have a struggling defense. Now, obviously, Pete Carroll saying to his team this week, guys, this is our chance to fix things against an offense that has had Absolutely. some issues. So, so something's got to give. I understand that. Uh, but but I, I do think establishing offense early is huge for New Orleans. And again, I go back to the fact that if the guys are healthy, if you get Kamara back, I just think it changes everything. Um, and so hopefully he'll be able to go. And again, watch that offensive line early. Um, if they can create some holes, no matter who's running the football and create time for Dalton or Winston to pass, uh, I think that can change things. But yes, if, if there was one of, let's say you write down several keys for New Orleans this week, I'm glad you brought that up, Aaron, because I would definitely say one of the first three would be can they get a touchdown in the first quarter? Just start there. Can they get another touchdown in the second quarter and get that offense rolling a little bit just to get some confidence and sort of bury that story that's been surfacing over the last four weeks? So what are the other keys? What are, what's two I'm and three? <laughs> turning, well, turning the ball over. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've never seen a team fumble this much for the first four weeks of the season. Um, and so I think I, I've read a stat that those six lost fumbles, I'm forgetting, but, it, but it's like the most in 20 years, I believe, for, for the New Orleans Saints through a four-game stretch. So you've got to really take care of the football. And the penalties, like we talked about, uh, being yardage-wise the most penalized team in the NFL through four games, that's a big reason you're one and three at this point in the season. So uh, early start and with for that offense, I would say in establishing a touchdown or two in the, say, first quarter, first quarter plus is, is important. Taking care of the football and not turning it over. And with most teams, that's like what coaches always point to. And it's a little bit of a cliche. But when you're near the bottom of the league and turnover margin and penalties, then it really has to be uh, emphasized and, and cannot be emphasized enough for the Saints this week. Okay, Kamara used the word uncharacteristic in terms of how they've played so far with regards to the turnovers, the penalties, again, an area that they're well aware of and that they're going to try to fix in the upcoming weeks. Looking at the league as a whole, any team or player that surprised you or stood out to you so far? Oh boy, that's a good question. I, I mean, it's say been kind of wild. There's been a lot it, of... It, yeah, it's been wild. I will say a team that I 
think is much better than their record shows that people never talk about and they always make jokes for is is the Detroit Lions. Now their defense is struggling and mm -hmm. they lost to the Seahawks last week. You mentioned that shootout 48-45, but like, the Lions for the longest time were bad on offense. The Lions have some playmakers. The Lions oh, yeah. can score. And I just, I'm not going to go out on a limb and say something crazy like they're going to get in the playoffs and win a game or two because it's been so long for them. But right now, if there's an under-the-radar team that I don't think people are appreciating, it's Detroit, if they can get that defense to just play a little bit better. And mm -hmm. I have a soft spot in my heart for Detroit because I've done their preseason games the last couple of years. And I love Dan Campbell, and I love that coaching staff. And it's look, I grew up when I was watching Barry Sanders, and I fell in love with Barry Sanders. And ever since then, I've kind of just casually followed Detroit and their fan base and all their sports. Like they get crapped on so much because they they always find a way to lose and they can't ever get into the the playoffs and when they do they lose there. So, anyways, just I would say maybe keep your eye on Detroit if not this year next year for a franchise I, that I, that I think is starting to head in the right direction. Do you play fantasy football? Is that a thing that that you are allowed to do? Do you do? allowed to do it as long as there's no money involved and and I do it with my family we've had a league for about 12 years with my brothers my dad and my uncles and cousins so yeah I okay. do that so you know that everybody says just to start any offensive player against the Detroit like when they're playing Detroit yes. right yes yes, okay. yes. No, that's usually <laughs> a recipe for success and uh I fall in victim to that as well so <laughs> well you told me before we got on that you are in Atlanta no affiliation with the Falcons though, as no. you mentioned, you did, you, you know, you did the Detroit games preseason. Um, you went there when you started covering Georgia tech football and basketball, do you cover or follow any of the former players on the, the yellow jackets and what they've been doing since? Yeah. I mean, the one that was so big when I was here, cause he was still in the league was Calvin Johnson. Obviously he hasn't been in a while. Um, you know, Demarius Thomas, unfortunately his situation, he was a star wide receiver at Georgia tech, no longer with us. Um, but yeah, th there, there were guys, there was nobody The actually the, the main guy from the three years that I was there, that's still in the league is Harrison Bucker, a very good kicker for the Kansas city chiefs who won a super bowl. Um, but there haven't been from my time there, any guys that have gone on and starred in the NFL. But I, I, it's funny that you mentioned me being in Atlanta because obviously there's a rivalry between the Falcons and the Saints. And so I remember yes. last year when I <laughs> last year when I was in New Orleans, I, I realized very quickly when I told people I lived in Atlanta, there was this assumption like, oh my gosh, this is a Falcons guy. And I was quick to say, I live there, I have nothing against the Falcons. But you know, with my job, I have to be a neutral observer. And I truly I grew up in Indiana, uh, and, and when Peyton Manning and the Colts were rolling in the late 90s and early 2000s, sure, I was a Colts fan, but I think what happens when you get in this industry that we're in, if you are working for a network, you just quickly realize you have to put those allegiances aside because they they will show up and they shouldn't show up, and, and it's your job to be neutral and a professional, and so uh, I am here to assure all Saints fans and all Falcons fans that I'm not cheering for either side. I'm just happy to be able to broadcast these games. All right. I'm glad we got that out there. So the Saints fans, <laughs> when they see you around this weekend, don't they yell at immediately me. have a bad taste in their mouth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't yell at me. But it is funny when I was here two years ago, when the uh, Saints were in town, I wasn't covering the game. 
but man, there's like that, that is a, a rivalry that I think nationally is a little underappreciated. People in the South realize it's a big deal, but I think you go to the North, Midwest, Northwest, and people don't know there, there's some, there's some bad blood there. There's some bad blood. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you'll have a chance to really get a look around the Superdome, but there's some construction going on and there's these huge escalators that are being built. And it says that it's going to get you from the bottom to the top as fast as somebody blows a 28, three lead. So <laughs> there, yeah. there's signage. This is something that is talked about a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, that, uh, that you, you bring up that score around Atlanta and it is just heads drop and tears start to flow. And it, it, I don't think they will ever get over that game and understandably so. so. Yeah. And that's why, you know, here people like to revel in, in that yeah. score and that yep. number. You are now the voice of Madden, the uh, EA Sports. You, I mean, you took over a few years ago, 2017, I believe, for Jim yep. Nance. First of all, how cool to take over somebody as iconic as Jim Nance doing anything. And then just to know that, yeah, that's your voice out there on a video game. Yeah, it's been a cool. It's something that, you know, when you get into this business, video game voice voice acting is not even on your radar because there's only one football video game. There's only one basketball video game. And that's just, it's like a, it's like a different skill set rather than sitting in a booth and calling games. So it wasn't anything I even entertained until EA sports. One of the producers had randomly heard my work back in 2016 when they were moving on from Jim Nance and Phil Sims. And I was one of, I don't know how many, but several announcers that they reached out to, to bring down to Orlando where they make the video game to have us audition. And I was excited. I thought, Oh, this is, this is great. This is cool to be considered. I didn't think a whole lot of it because obviously I don't have the name of the guys that had gone before uh, and, and in particular, the most recent one, Jim Nance. And so I figured they probably wanted someone higher profile, a bigger name. I was just transitioning from Georgia Tech to the TV side and getting my feet wet in that world. Um, and so I didn't think a whole lot of it. But yeah, here we are all these years later, still doing it with Charles Davis, mm-hmm. who is the number two analyst on the CBS side with Iron Eagle. Uh, and he's become he's become my best friend over these last seven years with all these recording sessions and times together. I've spent more time with Charles Davis than any, than any family member in my life. So uh, it, it has been a special ride. Obviously, it was a little emotional last year with Coach Madden passing. Mm-hmm. Actually, the week he passed, I was in New Orleans for that Carolina game. And we did something in the booth uh, to honor him. We had a turducken up there. We had all Madden sweatshirts. Uh, <laughs> but it's such an iconic game. And just to be a small part of it, I, I felt very fortunate to do that for these last now seven seasons. How does it work as far as the recordings go? Because as you mentioned, it's not like you're calling a live game. There's so many different things that can happen. So how do you even begin to, I don't know, do any of that? A lot of it is, it's like reading scripts. Uh, There is some ad lib, but there's a writer, Ed Brady, for the game who's fantastic and he knows football so well. So he'll write, if he doesn't write out everything, he'll at least write out bullet points for you to follow as you're going through everything. Um, and the, re- the recordings I mentioned, is it's down in Orlando where they make the video game. But when COVID hit, we couldn't get down there. So for the last two years, a lot of our recordings have been remote. I'm in my place right now. You can't see it. But over to my left, there's a little makeshift studio that EA set up for me. And Charles has one in his house. And we record typically every Monday and Tuesday for about four hours. So it's about eight wow. to 10 hours a week of recording. Uh, and most of it is script driven. But it is a very different skill set because what they do in the video game is they take all these thousands of lines that you've recorded 
And then the software tells the lines when to fire one after another. So when you hear a sentence in the game, it's probably four separate lines that I've recorded on four separate, not only four separate days, probably four separate years. But the goal is to make them sound like they were all recorded in one fell swoop together. Right. Uh, to me, it drives me crazy when I hear it, when my nephew plays it. And you I can, can hear tell, the yeah. Because it sounds robotic to me and it doesn't sound like me calling a real game. So it bothers me. It bothers yeah. Charles too. But I think you, you just have to understand that it's a video game and that's part of it. It's never going to sound fully like real life, but, but how they do the game and the recording process, it's people a lot smarter than me and it's pretty intricate how they get it all done. Yeah. That's wild to think about that, that you guys spend that much time every week just reading yeah. liners. Yeah. That's Really interesting. I appreciate you kind of giving some insight on that. That's really cool. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your time, but we're really looking forward to having you here this weekend. It's been awesome catching up and learning a little bit about you and previewing this game a little bit. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Hope the Saints are healthy this week and hope we get a good game on Sunday. There you go. Thank you. Great to talk football with the voice of Madden there. And honestly, I had no idea what all went into doing the call for those games. It sounds like a lot of work. Now to Tarzan Davis, who was so kind to join us from London, where he was able to watch the Saints play the Vikings last weekend. Tarzan, thank you so much for joining me on the New Orleans Saints podcast. It's great to have you, a New Orleanian yourself, Saints fan, and now a rising star out there working in London. When we saw you get some TV time, so lots to talk about in this episode. How are you? I am doing good. Thank you for inviting me for this uh, on this podcast. I'm really excited. Uh, the Saints are my number one team. So to be able to represent them out here in London was really cool. You know, the game didn't go as everybody hoped if you're a Saints fan, but it was a fun <sighs> game. It was a close game. And we saw you mm. definitely get into it. Yeah, I I tend to get into these games. It's been like that for a while. And I'm I. Can I say I'm upset by us losing this game? Yes, because I hate to lose and I hate to see us lose. But also we were missing some key players. And for us to like keep it tight as close as it was, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm satisfied, but I am happy about that. And we're just beating ourselves with the penalties and, and, and whatnot and, and fumbling the ball. But I think it's, what's four game. We're going we're gonna to turn it around. Yeah. We, will, we will do better. We have two home games here, the Saints back in the Superdome this weekend against the Seahawks and then back again next weekend. Do you get to come to any home games? No, unfortunately, I'm not able to come to any home games because I'm working a lot. I'm always traveling and I live in California now, too. So it's a little bit hard for me to go back. But when I am in New Orleans and there's a Saints game going on, um, my grandma, who has season tickets, who's been taking me since I was a child, uh, she takes me. So I think the last home game I've been to was when we played um, the Giants last year in New Orleans. You mentioned your grandmother taking you to games. When did your fandom start? What's your earliest memory of following the Saints? Oh, ah, let me see. Let me see. Oh, I was young. I, I had to be in like elementary school, probably like seven, eight years old, maybe nine. I, I can't really quite remember, but I know uh, my grandma is the one who really got me into it. I always loved football, but I wasn't going to the games at mm -hmm. the time. And she always had season tickets. And um, when her husband passed, she used to take him. But when when he passed, she started taking me. And 
my world just completely changed. I was like, yeah, the Saints are my team. I love them. And she bought me my first ever football NFL, you know, threads and everything jersey. It was Deuce McAllister, my favorite mm. running back. Two sick dudes. Oh, man. That's what, that was some good times. We weren't as as uh, prosperous, prosperous as we are now, but um, it yeah. was still a good experience. Yeah. Yeah. Deuce is great. He's still around here working on the Saints radio network, you know, doing the analyst stuff. So he still pops up around here. I know a lot of people remember him well when he played. Who are some of your favorite players on this current team? On this current team? Uh, we have Alvin Kamara, of course, uh, Michael Thomas. Um, who else? We love Ramchak. Uh, let me see. Demario Davis, Cam mm-hmm. Jordan. Am I, uh, this defense overall, we've been good so long on defense. I would really like to see us cash in um, at some point, you know, before they break the band up. Um, yeah. And, you know, uh, Andy Dalton looked good. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed by what the performance he put on against the Vikings. I hope you can keep this going. And yeah. Ingram. I, I can't forget about Mark Ingram and uh, Murray. He, he you know, coming back to us. I love both of them coming back to us. It's, it's great. Yeah. Ingram's been great. He's a fun person to have around the locker room. Always a great interview. Same with Cam Jordan. They've got some good personalities on this team. So that makes it good. Some good leaders that are hopefully to turn things around. Growing up here, being from New Orleans, what is it about the city, the culture that just makes these fans so passionate? Oh, well, first, New Orleans is a special place. I, I say, people are like, oh, you from Louisiana? I say, no, no, I'm from New Orleans. Because mm-hmm. to me, New Orleans is like its own country because we're so different. We're a melting pot of so many different ingredients. But we have, like, such a strong, uh, what's the word? Uh, I, I can't think of the word, but we're just rooted in, like, this is us. This is mm-hmm. who we are, and there's nobody like us. And uh, we have that Southern hospitality and the saints is some of the other saints that brings everybody together in the, the best way possible. I remember when we were going to the Super Bowl, and you can walk down the street and everybody you scream who that and everybody who that who that you know it, it's a it's a great feeling to be a part of the Saints fandom. You grew up playing football yourself. You were a mm-hmm. running back, right? I was a running back. Yes, yes. So why was that not your career choice? I mean, was like. <laughs> Talent level wasn't quite there. I don't. I don't know. You, you know. You know. You know, Aaron. You know, Aaron. If I wanted to go, because you, you, if you put your mind to something, you can do anything you want to. I just decided not to put my mind to it, and the talent just didn't develop in enough time for me to get a, a college scholarship. So, um, I, that that dream was uh, quickly taken away from me. But when I went to LSU, I was like. Now I'm about to walk on to that field and I'm going, you know, play for the, I wanted to be a running back for the Saints. Um, and then I, I think, I think uh, those dreams were quickly dashed. Um, but if, if, if I could have, I would have, I would have loved to play running back now. For the Saints. Would it have been running back or if you had a choice to be any position, what would it have been? Mm, if I had a choice, it would have, I, I don't know, running back. Yeah, I love I love having a ball in my hand. I love uh, you know making moves and stuff, scoring. That was fun for me. Yeah. So you played. You went to Edna Carr. Played there in high school, and then you ended up going to LSU. You started out wanting to go into the dental college. 
Yeah, I was, I, I had braces growing up and I, it was so fascinating to me how like my teeth straightened up and I was like, <laughs> okay, this is something I thought I wanted to do because they always say you got to pick a career. Um, And then I was like, I, I did an intern at uh, LSU Dental in, in New Orleans and uh, we were operating in somebody's mouth and it was like so much blood. I started getting like a little queasy. This is the first time I've ever felt like you know how they say when you see blood, you might mm -hmm. faint. I would have fainted if I stayed in a room and I said, yeah, this ain't it. I, I can't do this. So I, I stopped. Doing okay. It. So I'm going to fast forward yeah, a little bit that. in your, your mm -hmm. timeline of things, because you mentioned being in the room, blood, that kind of thing. You were on Grey's Anatomy. So that's not real. <laughs> the only thing, uh, no, no, <laughs> no. I'm, I'm sorry to burst everybody's bubble. Grey's Anatomy it's not real. It looks real though. Like you walk on set in the bodies and in the, the organs that they make, it's, it's really cool. You know, I, I, at one, when I first got there, I thought it was real because it looks real. And I'm like, did we, you know how they, um, mm -hmm. you can offer your body up on your driver's license. I was like, are yes. we doing this? No, nah, we, we didn't do that. No, no, no. At some point when you were at LSU, obviously you said you switched your career path, not to acting at that point, but then you decided to go into education and teaching. And then mm -hmm. you finally started dabbling in you doing your different things on Vine and Instagram, and you created this persona of Tarzan. What went into that and the, the creative inspiration? Uh, you know, I've always wanted to be an actor. That was something I've always wanted to pursue, but it was like going to the NFL or, you know, being a basketball player. It just seemed like far-fetched. Nobody in my family was in it. Um, and then I said, you know what, let me just go for it when I was teaching and, and while I was in college. And then um, I don't like to put Vine and social media in the same category as acting because I don't think one led to the other, but I guess everything like builds upon each other. So I guess we can say that. Uh, okay. I started doing, uh, yeah, I started doing like Vine. Uh, one of my friends, Nick Nack Paddywhack, also from New Orleans, my brother, uh, McAsho, uh, they were doing it. And they said, you funny. Why you don't start making videos? And I was like, eh, that ain't my thing. I didn't want to do it. And then it was like, just make one video. I did it went kind of viral and I was like oh, this is this is actually fun so I started doing it I was like uh uh that's not the reason I want to start acting I want to make that clear people that's not the reason why uh but then then you know something switched and I said okay now I want to like do what I always wanted to do when I was a child and uh acting became my thing I just realized you made me realize I thought acting was something that that you know when they say, oh, you got to find something you're passionate about, you, you you know, you love. I thought acting was the first thing that I found. And I was like, yeah, I was one of the lucky ones to find it early on. You just made me realize it took three career choices, two, two of the career choices before I found what I love. Wow. Well, I'm glad that you did. And it's worked out well for you. And we can claim you here in New Orleans. I mean, you still come back here. You said to visit. Now you're in L.A. You're doing a ton of different stuff. Most recently on Top Gun which I think that was probably your, your biggest, uh, biggest film, biggest role that you've had so far. What was mm -hmm. it like finally getting that opportunity? Uh, it, it felt great because it was like all my hard work, you know, finally paid off, you know, especially with my family who very supportive, but when you don't understand something, you kind of like, you sure you want to do that? You sure you don't want to go back to teaching? Are you sure you don't want to go to dental school and, and whatnot? Uh, so to have that like almost like a trophy. I had a premiere in New Orleans for my family and I had some like some of the youth of New Orleans, like different schools come in and come watch the film um, and to sit there and watch their reactions and them crying and actually seeing it for the first time. It was like a, like, yes, 
I told you, you know, we're going to get there at some point. And, and what, three, three years later, we're, we're here. So satisfying. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. And then you're working on a new project now. I don't know how much you can talk about it, but doing some Googling and stuff, it sounds like it's mission impossible. Yes, it is. So yeah, I, I, so we actually finished, I finished filming Mission Impossible 7. So Mission Impossible is going to be the next thing that comes out that we can catch you in. Yes, you can catch me in Mission Impossible next summer in July, next, next July, 2023. Yeah. So outside of, of movies and watching the Saints, what else do you like to do? Uh, I go to the movies all the time. You just said outside of movies. Well, I'm at the movies all the time. Yeah. I love the theater. Uh, I love to bake. That's one of my things uh, that I do. Uh, what else? I love going hiking, going for like long walks in the park. It's not like a dating app or something. No, but I love going to, going on walks. Like when I'm out here in London, I literally would just get up and I would take a little stroll. Um, sports, very competitive. So anything I can find to, to, to compete in and put something on the line, I love doing that. Do you need an NBA team to follow or do you have one? I am not an NBA type of pro- I am a, uh, a fan of players. So Dwayne Wade was my guy. And now that he's retired, I'm kind of like kind of fizzled out on that. Okay. Well, we also have a team here. So if you want to pick a player, Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson, and there's plenty of good options. If you mm-hmm. ever, if you ever need a player or a team, you can just jump on the, the Pelicans bandwagon. Cause it's, it's firing up this year. I I really believe it. Yeah, I, I I keep up with the Pelicans. I was more of a Hornets fan uh, than anything when we had David West, when we had Baron Davis, uh, Chris Paul, mm-hmm. and whatnot. Uh, and when they left, I was kind of devastated. I I was fans of, of, of those players, and when, when all of that changed, I was like, oh my gosh, what the heck? Um, so yeah, I hope the Pel I want the Pelicans to do well. That doesn't mean I'm not you know supporting them. We, we all in New Orleans together, so I'm support you regardless. Exactly. Can you tell me where your nickname came from? Uh, so when I was younger, um, I used to be a fun kid, is what I like to call it. Uh, and I had long hair. I actually recently cut it about four, four or five years ago. Um, and, and, you know, they were like, oh, you wild like Tarzan. Blah, blah, blah. So that kind of like stuck with me within a family and whatnot. And then um, as I started doing social media, I was like, Greg is so boring. Like, Greg, Greg Davis. Davis. Yeah. It's a <laughs> little is, planned. <laughs> that is like no Tony Sasser and no none of that. And I was like, all right, we got to spice this up a little bit. Let me, let me go back to my old, you know, childhood nickname. And I was like, okay, we're going to go with Tarzan. Cause I also still had the long hair. I went to this Halloween party one time and I, I had, um, I didn't have a costume. They were like, come out, you know, and I, I don't got a costume. It just makes something up. So and I went out as Tarzan and that stuck on campus. I said, I'm going to go with that. All right, so I got to get your breakdown for the Saints' upcoming game against the Seahawks. What are we going to get? What are we going to see? Oh, we are going to see. I think we finally. Are we going to be honest? Yeah. Should I be honest? It's a safe space. Okay. okay. So, so <laughs> I think I we're, I know we're we're about to walk away with a W. Um, I think the defense is is coming along well. Uh, you know, I, I think we all kind of a little slow start last year we were really firing off we were a- actually able to make plays on defense like with turnovers putting up offense in better position although our offense wasn't able to really score as you know many points like we, we we used to but I think this year I mean next week our defense is going to come off strong 
Um, and I think um, if, is Winston playing or is it uh, Andy Dalton? Uh, Jameis Winston hasn't practiced this week yet. Oh, he hasn't practiced this week. I think now um, I'm curious. I think the offense is going to find this stride. Uh, uh, maybe we we open up the playbook with different play calls with Andy Dawson. I, you know what? Let me let me be honest with you right now, since everybody's freaking listening. Dennis Allen, I need you to open up the playbook. I'm tired of seeing the curls. I'm tired of seeing the curl routes, and then I'm tired of seeing. Um, you know, we'll curl, 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 and then we just see Jameis Winston looking down the field and throwing it up there to Olave. Listen, Olave is a great player. We don't have to keep using him on these um these nine routes, these, these streaks. We don't need to have him going up the field every time. Let's let's get flashy with it if we want to get him across the middle. We got Jarvis that we brought, we drafted him and we brought him over for you know some more things across the middle. Let's let's actually see this happen with these curl routes. The defenses are able to 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 it's not much work, you know. And when we played Tampa, we were we are clearly a better team than Tampa. A clearly better team than Tampa. And we should have won that freaking game. But um, hopefully, is Michael Thomas coming back? Also has not yet practiced this week. Ah, uh, god dang it. And Kamara. How he's he's good Kamara? to go. He's ready to roll this weekend. He's good to go. He's good to go. He's good to go. Uh, I, 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 wonder, I wonder if we want to see Kamara out a little bit longer. I mean – just to have him healthy, healthy, you know, with the no, rib injury. No, he said injury, he's feeling great. He said he's feeling 100%, so he's good. Okay, if he's feeling 100%, I'm feeling 100% about him playing, then <laughs> we can do that. Uh, now, I, I would really like to see what we can do with opening up his playbook, but I, that's not my, that's, the, I did, if I, if I, you know, knew what I was talking about, I'd be a head coach. This is just a fan talking his smack, but I don't know what's going on, you know, behind closed doors, so. I feel like the injuries have probably played into the types of play calls that they've had and what they've allowed. You and, think then, so? and then the fact that they're playing catch up at the end of every game, they have to go for those big plays. They want to get some of those plays going the rhythm earlier in the game. Definitely a focus. You mentioned the turnovers, So hopefully they can clean up that area as well. And we can get a win here against the Seahawks. And the mental, we also need to think about these penalties. Okay. I know some, some, some of these things, you know, the refs call and like Lattimore being called on some BS stuff against the Vikings. Um, we also need to 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 keep our mental strong and not jump off sides, not hold, not do yeah. all this extra stuff. But, but well, we'll see. Here. We'll see how they're able to settle in now that they're back home in New Orleans for the next couple of weeks. And it's been uncharacteristic penalties for this team. So it's definitely yeah. something they're trying to clean up for sure. All right. Any last words, anything you want to say to Saints Nation, to the fans, anybody here back home? Oh, man, I will say, hold your head up high. You know how we do. We about to come back just like we come back, you know, in the games. We about to come back and we about to turn this around. I have us going to the Super Bowl this year and I'm still sticking strong to that. I don't care what nobody says. You can't tell me otherwise. All right. I love that. I, I love the faith in the team. And I hope that we're all there in February. It would be great. And maybe you could come join us. Oh, I, oh, they go to the Super Bowl. I'm going. I'm going. Yeah. You know, I was supposed to, I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you off. I was supposed to go to the Super Bowl um, when we was playing. The year we played the Rams and they gave us that fluke call. I was going to be at the Super Bowl. I was I was like I was talking to 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 um uh uh what's his name Tom and he was like oh, okay Tarzan gotcha if we, if they go to the Super Bowl we gonna hook you up I was like all right let's do it. and then we got cheated but doesn't you know we used to being cheated yeah we don't hold grudges here no no I just hate living in L A sometimes but <laughs> it's okay last year too by losing yeah, wait what, oh 
Yes, yes, they couldn't even do that right because we were going to make a run in the playoffs. Our defense was so freaking great. There was no way. That, like, oh, my God. And our offense was actually, like, we were going to start doing some stuff. We were going to, like, oh, my God. Let's not be in that same position again. How about that? You know what, Saints? That's not being We're not about to let somebody else have to win or lose in order for us to make it to the playoffs. We're about to take the top seed in the exactly. NFC South. We, about to- we don't have to rely on anybody else for our fate at the end of the season. That's, no. that's what we're looking for. We're looking for another playoff run here for sure. Yes, we, we, we're going to have that because we're going to the Super Bowl. I already claimed it. Throw it yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate the time. It was awesome catching up with you and hearing about how much you love the Saints. Clearly very passionate. And it's cool to see somebody from right here in New Orleans doing as well as you are. Oh, thank you so much, Miss Aaron. This has been a pleasure, and thank you for inviting me. I expect the Saints fans to bring as much energy as Tarzan did this Sunday at the Dome for the Saints game against the Seahawks. It's a 12 o'clock kick, and we'll be on Fox. You can join myself and John DeShazer at 11 a.m. for our pregame show on NewOrleansSaints.com and across our social media channels. Stay tuned throughout the day Friday for an updated injury report as well as interviews from practice, probably around 3 o'clock. Thanks for listening. See you Sunday and go Saints. Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Join us three times per week on NewOrleansSaints.com, the Saints mobile app, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek.